0: There's a stage where you have changed your view on you a little, just a little, because no more depression, I'm tired of this Prozac alcohol world, I don't want to be that person anymore, because I am this person.
1: It's accepting who I am. It's just, you've just got to accept you. You could get as angry as you want. You can swear and all you want, but but it's not going to change you. But accepting who you were was the yourself. In- the injury, yeah. From the like, I'm deaf. I haven't got a balance. I can't smell. I, I, I shower every day, obviously. I cover myself in all the bloody deodorant and aftershave. Yeah. Because I can't smell myself. Yeah. There's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. So just don't get down. Just suck it up, sunshine. That's it. You
0: are saying to the guys, guys, you may have approached the lady with an intention. Oh.
1: Well, duh. Yeah, not may. Probably a high percentage. Absolutely. Is it an intention?
0: But guys, don't be attached to the outcome. Yes. Because if you do get attached, you might be starting to act
1: like... uh... If she says no, no means no, mate. Wow. But if you get all happy smiles and everything... Get yeah. on with it, have a good laugh. If yeah. anything comes out of it, result, you're both happy. Yeah. yeah. But if it doesn't, it's no one's fault, mate. Suck it up. Yeah. My social life is at work.
2: <laughs> that's a, that's a, that just goes
1: to show what a sad life I've really got. <laughs> Ladies are more forward now than they used to be. Is this a good thing? Yeah. Uh, Well, it depends how you look at it, like, it's, uh, more confident, which is a good thing. Yeah. And what does that therefore mean for the fellas? Happy times.
0: (laughs) 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 No, I I think that might be the sentence of the podcast.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No! (laughs)
0: Yeah, hi there, dear people, and welcome to yet another episode of A Journey with Bernie. Hey, I've got good news. I think we're up to about 5,000 listeners now per episode, and I hope you're one of our regulars, and I hope you're enjoying this journey of discovering how to become a more loving human being, how to generate greater happiness from within ourselves so that we can bring more meaning to our beautiful lives. Andrew DeAngelis is our guest today. Now, Andrew, I'm just going to introduce you to our listeners by just asking you to say hello. Just say, G'day, Bernie. Good to see you again. Um,
1: tell them where you've met me. Just speak to the people because I want them to hear your accent. Uh- Hello, folks. <laughs> My name's Andrew. I've met Bernie a couple of times at work. I'll let him to go into detail of what I do. No, tell him, mate. No, right. Like, I'm a bouncer. I'll wake the door, folks. Where?
0: Where? Give it but a promotion.
1: The, uh, I'm actually the security manager <laughs> of a five-star hotel now. It's in South Bank in Brisbane. Mate, stop it. Out there, when we met
0: before, you were a bouncer. Now you're a security manager, mate. I think you've elevated yourself. People change,
1: mate. <laughs> <laughs> if I've got 5,000 people on there, I'll be anything they want me to be. <laughs> Andrew is a
0: bouncer with a difference, and I'm going to explain it, if I may, through a story, and the, uh, the story has nothing to do with Andrew, but everything to do with Andrew. Um, the story goes back to the 1960s. Apparently, it's got some truth to it. But if I tell the story, dear people, I'm, I'm sure I'll make it mythical. Um, the story is of the president, John F. Kennedy, who announces to the world that America will put a man on the moon. Of course, that was all about, Andrew, the race against the Russians. Yeah? Yes. Who was going to be the first to, uh, to put a man uh, on the moon. And having announced that, of course, uh, the the organisation known as NASA then becomes head of the project. To cut the long story short, the President visits NASA and so the story goes that the first person he met, well, I'm going to give it a name, give him a name. I don't even know what his name was, but we'll call him Dominic. And the President goes up to Dominic. And Dominic is obviously the cleaner because he's got a bucket and he's got a broom. And the President says, I'm the President of the United States, John F. Kennedy. He says, I'm Mr. President, my name is Dominic. Dominic, and what do you do for NASA? And Dominic looks the President in the eye and he says, Mr. President, I'm here to help you put a man on the moon. And one can't help but notice that when Dominic cleans the floors and he uh, uh, empties the rubbish bins, he just does it with a heck of a lot more energy and, and purpose um, than what might his peers uh, who have similar jobs do. What's that story got to do with Andrew DeAngelis? You should see this guy... As a bouncer, Andrew, um, you know, in my journeys around to places with mates, I come across bouncers, and mate, there are so many of them who love their power. There are so many of them <laughs> who they can't even greet you with a smile. Um, there are so many of them who walk around and they are looking for what's wrong. And, of course, they find the most littlest things that are wrong and then they execute their power. Andrew DeAngelis, this is not you. This is not you at the Emporium bar, rooftop bar, that overlooks South Bank, the Brisbane River, and the wonderful city lights. Mate, you have a different approach. Why don't
1: you tell us what your approach is? when people enter the Emporium? Well, I mean, it's uh, it's going to sound funny, but I, I'm i nice. <laughs> I treat people nicely. I respect people. Respect gets returned 90% of the time. The thing is, if I'm a, in your face as you're coming into the establishment, you're going to think the establishment is not a high-rated or a decent place. If I'm in your face and you start misbehaving and I come over again, Uh, to talk to you to ask to calm it down or don't do this if you don't think I'm a decent guy because I was in your face you're going to be against me anyway if I'm nice to you show you respect I come over and have a quick chat have a laugh you'll say yeah no worries mate say it works in my favour
0: do you sometimes just roam around the, the 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 evening and 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 just for the purpose of connecting with people
1: and having a few laughs if they're open to receiving you? Oh. D- I get hugs. I get handshakes. (laughs) One of my sisters in UK, she was an ex-Metropolitan Police. She goes, you're the only bouncer I know You gets tipped kicking people out. (laughs) And I actually said to her, look, I don't kick people out. I walk them out and I give them a bottle of water. I do it nicely if it needs to be done. And you've got a couple of sneaky strategies too that still
0: enable you to be aware of what could be
1: brewing so that it doesn't get out of hand. Let's go back to the nice bit. I go round and if I'm not up to anything, if it's not too busy, I collect glasses and plates. That gives me... An, oh, people say thank you to me, but I can suss them out and see what the intoxication levels are. Yeah, yeah. It's, this is going to sound bald, but people do come back. And I'm, like, oh, I'm, a, I'm terrible with names. There's a reason why I'm terrible with names, which we'll probably go into later. I remember faces. I am very good with faces. I remember people. And I say, oh, welcome back. And they say, oh, we had to come back to see you. Yeah, Nothing to do with coming into a wonderful bar up the top of the <laughs> Empire, and the Terrace Bar. But they say it's to see me. And my shoulders are straight back when they say that with a big smile on my face. Oh, you so you get a wonderful reward out of that, don't you? I, it, it makes me feel great. I actually... My social life is at work. That's a, that's a, that just goes to show what a sad life I've really got. And, well, I don't know about that because
0: maybe you've learned, learned a secret. And in, in the context of this podcast, if we are to become more loving human beings – We actually have an opportunity to even bring the same philosophy of life, a loving philosophy of life, into the way that we work. You actually seek to bring something that you might enjoy personally outside of work, but you can
1: actually bring it into work and get paid for it. Yeah, I mean, I actually enjoy going to work. I don't really want my bosses to wear that because they'll probably cut me wages. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, like, where I am at the moment, not, not in life, but work-wise, the staff there are amazing. A lot of the – even the cleaners of the hotel, most of them have trouble understanding English. I always get a high five off all, all of them. Yeah. I'm there to protect them. Yeah. And I, I do my job properly. But it's so much nicer to get happiness and a big hello, smile back – when I'm there, not just oh he's the bouncer, he's got to do this. Oh great, Andrew's working tonight. We we're, yeah. we're happy. Yeah, But yeah. Am I am I out of place in saying that?
0: I think part of the happiness of the staff is actually fueled
1: by the environment you create. I I'm not sure about that because I I try to make it a good place. I will try if there's anything bad happening. I'm in there. I'm protecting all my friends. They're not just staff. I class them as friends, and they are good people. Yeah. I, not so much in my previous life, but I class them as close family, you know. You've got to, I'm doing my job, but I will try my hardest to do it 100%. But you're used to, in your working life,
0: working with people who, in your eyes, become part of family, we won't go there just yet. Yes. Because you did say something before that I'm interested in. You said there is a reason why you have a poor memory. Oh, yeah, well. Can, can you elaborate? Because I think the two are linked, okay? I, so why right. do you have such a poor memory?
1: Uh, I'm not sure if you want to go into this just yet, but I'm now, I am know I was assaulted in my previous job. I flatlined three times. Flatlined is you were you, you were pronounced dead? Yes, yeah. yeah but I yeah. didn't have a pulse. Right. Uh, apparently, yeah. Obviously, I don't remember any of it because I was on life support machines and all that. Yeah. But uh, was it about 14, 15 years ago, due to my hearing loss, I went in to get a cochlear implant, which is a hearing device on the side of your head. You have to have a CI scan, or CT scan, I got called back into the doctors and uh, she asked me when I had my stroke. And I looked at her and I said, well, i never had a stroke. But when I flatlined, I might have had the stroke then. But when I went and saw my ear no doctor about the uh, cochlear implant, Dr. Anthony Parker, which I'm, I'm seeing, I'm getting my other side done next month, which is amazing. Wow. But uh, he's, he's such a good bloke. I've actually met his do- uh, sister yeah. Up the bloody employment. I got a photo. That's such a small world. But anyway, he said it might not have been a stroke. It might have been when my head hit the ground. It might be a big bruise. So my frontal lobes.
0: I think we need to give this some context because yes. you're talking about an incident that occurred
1: in your army days. Yes, i i i I was in the armed forces and I was assaulted one night off duty, queued up to get a night in England in. Uh, Kent in UK. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. And you
0: got assaulted, ended up in a hospital. What was the nature of the injuries again? Uh,
1: well, I, I I was on a life support machine. They oh. moved me from Magdalene Hospital up to King's Hospital in London. And I was on a life support machine, I think, for six, seven days. Yeah. And that was the third time I flatlined because apparently I swallowed my tongue outside the nightclub. When they were moving me between hospitals, I think from Major to Kingston, I flatlined again. But yeah, was this by a gang? Yeah, a gang assaulted you. Uh, Who assaulted you? Well, it was uh, people were pushing in when we were curing. I was with uh, a, an army friend and his wife. There was only the three of us. People were pushing in. Words were spoke. I got I got beaten, got into right. death. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: What was the uh, and so what was the
1: outcome of of the injuries? Uh, well, after I got off the life support machine, I was in intensive care. But when I finally come to, because I don't remember any of it, yeah. uh, hearing loss, I'd lost 70%. I was deaf in my left ear, 30% in my right ear still, no sense of spell, and I've got no balance. Wow. Yeah. And I'm... Sh- Obviously, there's a
0: period of recovery after that. I I, I, I suppose I, I, I'd be interested to know how has that incident – and how long ago was that, Andrew? Uh, that was 25 years ago. Okay. How yeah. has that incident affected and impacted how you see life today? How has it impacted who you are today?
1: Well, obviously, uh think they- – Stopped my army career that I enjoyed and I would have done my whole life while I was still accepted in there. I enjoyed it. I was good. I made some brothers for life from there. Like, yeah. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen around the corner. Yeah. Stop picking at things. Stop bringing yourself down. Don't try, try and get on with people. Yeah, yeah. Was that night, from
0: that night, did it, did it change your value
1: on people? Is that what you're saying to us? Uh, yes, or I mean, like value on life. Yeah. Uh, obviously, after the incident, I was I they had me on Prozac because I was so down. Obviously, I didn't know what was happening and everything, and I was drinking lots, and I was getting violent again. So I give up the Prozac. I was still drinking, but not as much as I used to. And I don't actually drink now unless I catch up with a couple of friends. Yeah. So i I mean, I. I don't need drink to enjoy life. Yeah. I think it actually changes people. Yeah, yeah. So, this is when you were, you're, you're about 30 years of age. I was uh, on a life, I, I got injured when I was 27. I was on a life support machine on my 28th birthday. Yeah. In 97. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no wonder it depressed you
0: because you just let us know before, it, it stopped your whole career.
1: You were enjoying, um, a military journey. I mean, that is all I knew working life. So I was joined just before I was 17, 16. That's all i had done my life. Yeah. I mean, it's strange. Now, all the memories I have, it was just a wonderful life. We had, obviously we had terrible, crappy things to do. Mm. Room inspections, outdoor areas, all that crap. Like, but I just remember all the good things and the good friends I made. Yeah. The, We will be till their dying day, and then we're all going to be up in the squadron, by up in the sky. Yeah, yeah. The uh, so we were when you you made a reference before to
0: these great people in your army life. You called them family
1: before. Oh yeah, uh, they're brothers.
0: Brothers, explain that to us. Well, Well,
1: you get get that close to people. I mean, if you go into a tour. These people are going to be by your side. If you come under fire, you take in bullet for them, they take a bullet for you. They, these people are going to support you. We're yeah. working as a team. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, like saying that, well, like, obviously, any forces, the RAF, the Navy, all the different regiments, squadrons, corps and everything, we take the piss out of everyone, the slopos, mm. Mm. uh, the blanket stackers. We're a team. <laughs> we're a team. Yeah. if if we do it go into war, we need to eat. We need blankets. We need your uniform. It's we're all a team. We, we just take the piece that We'll punch each other to bits, different regiments, different cores and everything. But it's it's life. We're all a team. Yeah. When you're in the thick of it, we work as a team. I got the strangest question
0: floating around in the in the back of my mind. I'm hearing this intense connection between you and your brothers. Yes. Yeah? And, and I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on the intensity of the connection, not who they are, not who you are. I'm just focusing on, wow, two people, four people, six people, a dozen people, 20 people, so tightly connected. Is the intensity of that connection in any way – can we in civilian life, can we duplicate that? What what needs to happen for human beings outside of that circumstance of army to be able to develop that intensity of beautiful connection?
1: Because uh, out of army life, obviously army life, you it's a different, like going on a tour, going in, into a war zone and everything you get different intensity if you're in civilian life obviously I've, I've been a civilian for 25 years if you're working with people try and get to know them respect them learn yeah. about them teach them about yourself yeah just get try, if you get on with people it's going to make life easier you talk you go into a supermarket the shelf stackers in there be nice to them, and it, it it gives you a good feeling about yourself. They're there for a reason. You don't have to be nasty if you got a queue up at a supermarket. Don't ever go at the cashier; it's not their problem. Do Do you practically talk to everyone? <laughs> yes, I, I've got this medical condition. It's called verbal diarrhea, and i i I just can't control myself. I even back home when I, I go back to UK every year. I still know everyone. I'm all. I, I'm happy. I'm nice to everyone. Do you remember their names? No, I have due to uh, the hyperdense frontal lobes from yeah. the when I had the ground. I hit, hit the ground during this incident. D- during the incident, the attack. I remember no. I have trouble. I can't remember names or directions. Yeah, and that's the truth. Faces I remember from years ago, yeah, yeah 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 it's
0: almost I feel as if you've given us a, uh, a a great tip, and that is unless you have a paradigm that we're all connected with people and therefore. There is no reason not to want to honour that connection by saying hello, giving a smile. It doesn't matter whether they're behind the counter down there at Woolworths or they're serving the coffee at the local cafe. Everyone is worthy of of the connection. you you're you've got some non-verbals going on there, mate. Are you agreeing yeah, with this? i
1: I I as I said, like I remember faces. I. I don't give a flying whatever if I know you or not. Does it do me any harm being nice to you or just giving you a good day? No, yeah. it doesn't. It might it might cheer them up. Yeah. If you get a nice hello day and you can just say, oh, have a great day," and then walk off, I'm happy anyway. But like it might cheer them up. They might be down. Yeah. I know lots of people suffer from this all this mental crap. Like yeah. I actually, I'm I've. They class me as having PTSD. I go around keeping out of the grey zones. I'm happy. I make people happy, and they make me happy. PTSD, post traumatic stress in, uh, disorder. And what's the grey zone? Uh, you when mentioned- you're feeling down about yourself, oh, okay. or, or like okay. you, you're having flashbacks, or whatever. What or, like people get depressed? Yeah. Oh, I'm not worthy of this. Oh, I can't be. I was getting doing this. If you couldn't change that. If you can put a little bit of sunshine in their life when it's raining inside their head, just by saying "Hello, have a great day," oh, I love your shoes, good on you, mate. You're doesn't hearing hurt. it. It doesn't You're- cost me anything.
0: You're hearing yeah. it, folks. You're hearing mm. it because that—that's exactly how he operates at the the top of the Emporium. How many people go to the Emporium on a Saturday night? Oh, uh, I mean, like… Would it be 1,000?
1: Yeah. Would walk through the I doors? I mean, like, it's usually… I mean, if it's busy, it's 180 in there any one time. Yeah. So, yeah. But you never commented on my shoes when I walk in. Yeah but it's best not to. I've got photos, mate. <laughs> I haven't cleaned them
2: for a while.
0: <laughs> but I just love the I love the notion that what you're saying is is it's almost like why not develop an attitude in which everyone
1: is your brother and your sister. Yeah. Like I just want to get across I don't do it to get anything out of it. It's just how, how I am now. How I see life. Because I've I've been through some crap. I've done some – I've done stupid things in my life. Yeah. But, like, I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm just going to walk around like the big happy smiley chap in the the valley. But you did say before –
0: I listened very, very carefully. You did announce that even if they don't receive the happiness that you give them, you say you are happier. You personally are happier. I tried. I've got –
1: I can't pick up myself. Yeah. I mean – Everybody knows there's people in the world that will not accept this. I I mean, like, I'm all this big, happy, daft English bouncer at the work. I, I get complaints about me. It's, <laughs> yeah, but it's because I'm a bouncer. Like, if I put someone on water, they can't have any more alcohol. Obviously, yeah, I'm going to yeah. get complaints because they're not getting their own way. I try and do it nicely. But you can't, you can't, you, you, can't, you can't do please, it in a way yeah. in
0: which everybody interprets it as uh, that you've actually done it on their benefit.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the yeah. thing. Like, I mean, it's it's my bloody job. Like, yeah. you know, because if someone's too, too intoxicated, they should leave. But like, sometimes we turned a bit of a blind eye and put them on water. Yeah. But if license didn't turn up, it's a big fine for the establishment. So I will get bad. Yeah. Reviews or sure. my my bosses the, wherever I'm working will get be frowned at. Yeah, but just to try and do the right thing.
0: Well, dear people, you may consider this an interruption to our current episode, but in fact, it is our guest who wants me to extend to you this glorious invitation. It's an invitation for you to join me and many other people from around the world who follow a journey with Bernie because we're meeting up in Kathmandu, Nepal on October the 6th, 2023. Yes, I'm talking this year. What will then follow are three weeks that you will remember for the rest of your life. And in two of those weeks, We are trekking that mighty trail to Everest Base Camp, standing at the foot of Sagamatha, Mother Goddess herself. The most powerful forces of nature upon planet Earth will look down upon you and supervise your progress on a daily basis. The Sherpa will be there to guide you. Are they the most peaceful tribe of people upon our planet? I think so. And their commitment to the philosophy of Buddhism, you just can't escape it. Dear people, this is something in which you cannot return to wherever you live as the same person. This experience will shift the way you see yourself, people and life. Oh, and remember, before we start the trick. 550 disabled children are waiting for us to join them as community. We built them a brand new school following the earthquakes of 2015. We love them and they love us. We're going to interact, we're going to teach, we're going to play games, and in the process, it will team us together, ready for that beautiful encounter with the Himalayas. Hey, are you interested? That's all I'm asking, and if you are, just take a note of this number plus 61 444. One, four, four. Now use it by text or call me. And when you communicate with me, I will have back to you within 24 hours a comprehensive information kit that will allow you to slowly but surely decipher all the information and give you the opportunity to join what is a most memorable, life-changing encounter I tell you what also I hope is life-changing is this particular episode. You know the invitation to Nepal is there, but I want to get back to learning even more because I know in the second half there is some real gold. Continue to enjoy it, dear people. So buddy, I got you at about 54, 55 years of age now.
1: Yeah, fifty-four. Yeah. four 54 now. So mate. so twenty five years ago this yeah. this this peak it incident. Twenty eighth uh, of February ninety seven.
0: Wow. Okay, mate. And that was a that was a peak turnaround for you. That was a that was a life changer. Well oh, yeah, huge shift. Yeah.
1: I mean, uh as I said, I was like devastated, I was out of the army, I was at I was uh, a train, uh try training regiment. I was taking recruits. I was doing well, and because of the stuff from uh, the Bosnia and everything, like so I had good write ups and everything. So. Sure. Did you say that the
0: trauma of it then then took you into a, a, a bout of almost depression, or and I think you mentioned there was alcohol. You mentioned a drug that you were you were taking yeah. to manage yourself. Oh, how long how long did that that state last after the incident?
1: I mean, it was the attack. It, it was very bad. I mean, I had anger issues. I used to swear lots and lose my temper lots. Like, so I couldn't walk properly. I used to walk into things, and it used to, I saw, oh, like, yeah, go off my head at that. And, like, I still got. I mean, like, I still stagger around my house at nights and got bruises all over my bloody legs. But I just shrug. Yeah. How did you turn that around, bud? I... You have to live with what you got. There's nothing you can do about it. I mean, I can swear all I want of doing something. It's not going to change anything. Yeah, but the, what you're describing straight after the incident, and here's yeah. this, de-
0: you know, semi-depressed. Uh, well, you're still a young man. Yeah. But you're you're not in control because you're into the booze. Uh, is it Prozac you were talking about yes, before? It was Prozac, you've got all yeah. this floating around in your life. That's not the man I see up at the Emporium. Yeah. It's so oh. so how did you go from go from that twenty-nine to you know early thirty yeah. stage to the man I see at the Emporium, where did it
1: change? Where um, did it shift? How did it it's, shift? It's been a journey. Where I am in life now, I'm happy. I'm. I've, I've, I'm not sure if I've accepted how I've become. Like with all the everything, all the disabilities I've got, and everything the hearing, the smell, the balance, and that. I've done. I've, well, quite a lot since I've got out of the army. Like I'm a face, a three-four personal trainer, bouncer. I'm now a three-four teacher. What's a three-four teacher? Uh, well, my security company have paid for me to be a teach, do the training course. So wow. I could be a standing teacher if I want. I wouldn't trust myself. Stood in front of you, little youngsters gobbing off at me. I would yeah. probably like. Uh, I'll just take a step back in life in my life and start swearing again at them like but uh, they want me to do refresher courses for them yeah, yeah but they actually they have done in the past sent me youngsters to try and guide them not so much guide them just to show them how I work so they're not full of testosterone in everyone's faces
0: yeah 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 when did you start being kind on yourself? What I mean by that is that You see There's a a stage isn't there Because we haven't I haven't heard it yet There's a stage where You've changed your view on you a little Just a little Because no more depression I'm tired of this Prozac alcohol world I don't want to be that person anymore Because I am this
1: person It's Accepting who I am. its just, You've just got to accept. You've, you could get as angry as you want. You can swear all you want, but but it's not going to change you. But accepting who you were as the, in, in, the, the injury? Yeah, from the, like I'm deaf. I haven't got a balance. I can't smell. If, I, I, I shower every day, obviously. I cover myself in all the bloody deodorant and aftershave because yeah. I can't smell myself. Yeah. It's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. So just don't get down. Just suck it up, sunshine. That's it. So accepting the
0: the consequences and the the effect and the impact of this this unnecessary attack. Yes. Yeah. That that must still that must still great because it was a, it didn't have to happen. No. But accepting the outcome of it, um, what's how did that change you? What 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 changed quickly as soon as you
1: accepted that you are deaf? Nothing changed quickly, mate. It's taken bloody years for yeah. me to accept it now. I mean I'm devastated it happened. It's probably my own fault in the first place. What I've put my family through yeah. and they've been through a lot with both my sisters and everything yeah. like they are, and they're still around and they still love me completely yeah. lot like, hopefully anyway. Yeah. But like why should I have put for something that's probably partly my fault? Why should I put all them through all the stress and yeah. heartache and worries and everything yeah. like? Yeah. So it's but in it, but in acceptance, why should you put yourself through it? Yeah, and I did put myself through it. I, I mean, I still blame myself for it, you know. I still blame myself for what happened and what I put everyone through. It's not just my family, all my friends, all my army friends. I remember my mate Trevor lost his leg in Bosnia. He came into the hospital and held me hand and cried his eyes out. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah. That acceptance, that acceptance of things allows
0: you to. It takes time.
1: Time. But it has allowed you to live today. I'm here, mate. I've probably, well, I'm not sure. They say you've got a cat of nine lives or yeah. seven lives or whatever it is. So I've still got a few more lives left. Yeah. I think you told us before, mate. You, you had three at one stage that were on the borderline, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. And like some of the things happened in the I army mean, in Bosnia, I didn't get hurt. So maybe I'll use the lives up there and everything. Wow. Oh, you don't know. Yeah. it's. Hey. We didn't go back there. Oh, yes, we, I think you said, you mentioned Bosnia, but Bosnia wasn't your only assignment. Oh, no, I'd, uh, uh, that was 95. I was in Northern Ireland in 93. Wow. And uh, the first Gulf War, 1991, I was attached to the Queensville-Archazar uh, Tank Regiment as yeah. a ferry scout driver, so yeah. Yeah. So Bosnia,
0: Northern Ireland few other assignments there yeah. what did, what did they teach you about humanity What I'm saying do you do you ever when you when you're over there doing your peacekeeping stuff did you ever look at human beings and go
1: yes. how did you react
0: and respond like, what stood out for you
1: well I mean like the Bosnia the peacekeepers we were supposed to stop and fight and we we were targets so <laughs> I'm like we had, we had weapons, we had our rifles and everything. We weren't allowed to use the bloody things, uh, yeah. So why were you targets? Sorry. Why were you targets? Because we were stopping them killing each other. We were stopping all the warfare, all the Serbians coming over and doing the mass killings or whatever it was, yeah. Well mate, what a um what an assorted life. Is there anything else in this life of oh, yours that we <laughs> I, I don't want to start on my personal <laughs> life. Uh, yes, yeah, uh, so yeah. I've got a beautiful daughter, twenty four, very, very proud, good kid. I've been married twice, which didn't work. Probably all my fault. I'm with, I've got big shoulders, I'll yeah. suck it up, but Yeah. You've
0: struck me as if you've reached a stage, and, and I get this feeling like in about the last decade, uh, 54, mid-40s to now, where irrespective of the challenges and some of the enormous pains and chaoses and some of the things that you, 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 were, you were angry that they even occurred, you seem to have reached a stage where you've shrugged
1: the shoulders a bit and said, guess what, it's, it's just part of the journey. As a way of accepting it, it uh, mate, I tell you, it's uh, it's took me a bloody long time to learn to say, Oh, bollocks, let's carry on. Yeah, we. Yeah, I remember when I was uh, I was on Mikada in the uh, the UK forces, we used to say, You can't break me, I'm a rubber duck. Yeah, and that was like when it used to get really, really down, yeah, crappy. Like, it was a saying, like, You can't break me, I'm a rubber duck. Yeah. So, just just a a saying yeah you say like stomach yeah. in shoulders back look up carry yeah. on but I reckon that's
0: the line of the podcast <laughs> bollocks let's just yes. carry on <laughs> suck it up sunshine <laughs> because be, be, because in such four or five simple words there is so much in that little sentence. Bollocks, let's just carry on. Yeah. Bollocks means is I can no longer live today based upon the pains and the chaoses of my past. A Bollocks, I've got to start to leave that stuff behind. Let's
1: carry on and continue to live life fully. So true. Yeah. What you've got to do is look for positive. Yeah. I'm, off, I'm still half fit. I'm alive. Yeah, make some good. Well, you do that, mate. You do that. Yeah. You do that through a task called a bouncer at the Emporia. <laughs> <laughs> you do some so good. I, but yeah, I, no, I I like getting on with people. That works in my favour as well. Yeah. So, but I'm not doing it to be manipulative. I'm not doing this get phone numbers or any any yeah, of that yeah. crap. Yeah. I do it. Because it's easier. It makes yeah. my life easier. If I yeah. can make people happy, sod it. Let's mm. go for it. Mm.
0: Hey, talking about, you just mentioned there about getting phoned up. <laughs> 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 well, what it, what it alerts to me is you must see so much that goes on between the boys and
1: the boys and the girls up there at the Emporium. Uh... Oh, in life, mate. <laughs> in life. I, I've seen it. Yes. Yeah. Now, and I've. Uh, now, from when I was a, a little strapping young lad, like it's all changed now. Ladies are more forward now than they used to be. Is this a good thing? Yeah, uh, well, it depends how you look at it. Like, it's yeah. uh, more confident, which is a good thing, yeah. And what does that therefore mean for the fellas? Happy times.
0: <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah. I, I think that might be the sentence of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I think also then the guys have got to like man up a little bit too because if the if if the, if the girl is unafraid more these days to share of herself and, and, and speak for herself, then the guys have got to be
1: able oh, to respond mate. to that too. They've got to be able to handle themselves. No, it's true. Okay, if a guy – Tries his luck with a, a matching lady. She says no. Thank her, give her a good smile, chuck her a drink, walk off, leave her alone. If you get on with her, have a chat. Yeah. Go for it. Meet her for a coffee or something, not over drink. Just meet up, go for a meal, do some grown-up shit, like, yeah.
0: <laughs> but what I'm, I, I see, I, I hear a lot in what you're saying is because you're, you are saying to the guys, guys, you may have approached the lady with an intention.
1: Oh. Well, duh. Oh, yeah, not may. Probably a high percentage is an intention.
0: But, guys, don't be attached to the outcome. Yes. Because if you do get attached, you are gonna, you might be starting yeah. to act like uh,
1: – If she says no, no means no, mate. Wow. But it, if you get all happy smiles and everything, yeah. get on with her. Have a good laugh if yeah. anything comes out of it. Result, you're both happy. Yeah. yeah. But if it doesn't, it's no one's fault, mate. Suck it up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: You know your joy that
0: you have in your life, right? In the way that you see people and you express that in your job. Yeah. Can I, out of interest, out of a thousand people a shift that go through the emporium doors that you might interact with, what percentage of them have the same attitude towards people? How many? Or or what percentage are so
1: cautious? What percentage are so fearful of other people? I mean, roughly, it's probably as I said before. Ninety percent of respect gets returned. It's probably about ten percent. It's weird. I get you can get a feeling for someone the way they vibrate. You know, straight away if they're not going to be as all happy smiley chatty, yeah. You just thank you, ma'am. Thank you, whoever. So enjoy yourself. They'll sort you out. Yeah. Just, just because they don't want. To laugh and joke and argue yeah, doesn't mean they're a bad person. No, no. You will see the bad people, the way they act, to yeah. other members of staff. Yeah. It's not your problem yeah. unless it becomes, if they overstep a certain mark, then you have to yeah. have a word, talk to the staff members, say to them, if they do that again, let me know. Because that you that's my job. I'm there to protect my... Yeah. My little, my little friends up there, yeah, like sure. you know, it's a, they're our good, bloody good people, and it's yeah. a good place. Yeah. I, I just want to say, like, if people know your imperfe- per- for- imperfect, imperfect—that's it, mate. You got it. Imperfections. That's the word I was yeah, looking for. Know yeah. your imperfections. Ah. Don't blame other people for them. They're yours. Adapt to it. Are you saying it's okay to be vulnerable? Not vulnerable. If what so, you're trying to do doesn't work, accept it. Try a different approach to it. Yeah. Don't drag yourself down or blame anyone else. Love it. If you're trying to do something and it doesn't work, it's your fault. Just try a different approach. Yeah, love it. Yeah. love it. Love it. Always have a plan B. Mate, it seems to be a habit in this
0: podcast that as we come towards the end of the podcast, I ask the three big questions. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what the podcast is all about. You, you've been on a, a tremendous journey. Um, a young man at primary school who, by his own definition, uh, was a little bit of a rascal. Yes. Uh, with his boy mates used to camp out in the local local parks uh, at night time, joined the army at 16 and a half years of age. Wow, Bosnia. Gulf War, uh, Northern Ireland, a couple of failed marriages after that. Oh, but in, in, uh, during that time, of course, there was that major event in which you suffered a a gang attack, and uh, it took away seventy percent of your hearing, uh, and your and your whole faculty of smell, yep, um, as well, and made it. Made you give up the one of the things that was a passion in your life the family of the army, Um, no longer, no longer part of your life in the way that it was. And yet you become a bouncer. Yeah, it's... Uh, now, you know what I mean? A loving <laughs> bounce.
1: You've become an extraordinary... reputation because people think they can walk all over me. No, it's, they uh, don't, mate. Yeah.
0: Mate, you're too bloody big to walk <laughs> all over, mate. You've all got to look after you, you know? Yeah, Here's my question then. Here's the question. Yeah. Through that incredible journey, what is love? What is...
1: The this whole thing called love,
0: what is it, mate?
1: Um, love, it can be so many different things. I love I love my partner, I love my dog, I love my friends. It's how you treat other people. Yeah. Not how they treat you, it's how you treat other people. Yeah. Show these people how much you mean to them. Yeah. You know, like it's like with all my army friends. Billy and all that, like yeah. Billy Kidd and that, Trev Walker, Coxie, Wilkie and everything like. I love them. Yeah. I ain't going to run up and kiss the bastards, but they know <laughs> I'm there for them. Do you like, give them a hug? Oh, hug, shake hands and everything yeah. like, get stupid-ass drunk with them. Yeah. It's like me civilian friends. I've got like Ian Holliman, yeah. Mark Ash, Mark Ford, all these people. I grew up as kids with them. They are proper... Proper friends, you know, but you've transferred your 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 love for
0: them. It's not only for them, mate. Up at the Emporium, you got a love for all people. Yeah, I, I don't know whether it's a love, but you you would prefer to see the
1: good in people. Yes, which makes my job easier. Yeah. So if I think everyone turning up is an arsehole, yeah. I'm going to treat them like an arsehole. Yeah. They're going to get the impression. That I think of them like that. So they're gonna it's gonna get returned. All the wars, Northern Ireland, Bosnia. I'll be if I'm treating people like that, it's yeah. just the same with the Catholics, Protestants, the Serbians, the Bosnians and yeah. everything like it's just a minute yeah. hate. Yeah, it's a dilute. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you're not
0: you're not trying to find the asshole in a person. I'm, I don't... Yeah, We know where it is.
1: <laughs> I know but, where that but is. You're not right. looking for it, but mate. But it's... Uh, you ain't got if, the doubt no, about people. You prefer that. To... Because that makes my life happier. Yeah. If I think people are good people. If I think they're all like that, I'm going to think, oh, for God's sake, another night at work. Oh, I can't be asked going. If I turn up with this attitude... All the staff there, yeah, all the customers. Yeah, a lot of it's returned. Mm-hmm.
0: Let's just say I brought in off the street right now. You know, a dozen great young people. They're they're roughly aged between let's say eighteen and uh, and twenty eight. No? And uh, one of them just looks you in the eye and says, I go to the Emporium and I watch how you operate up there and you are a happy human being. What's your advice to any one of us, boy or girl, on how we can become more happier in ourselves on a daily basis? Give us a piece of advice,
1: Andrew. Uh, I mean, the the easiest way, don't be a twat, don't be nasty, for, for the reason. Don't try and pump yourself up to something you're not. Mm. Treat people how you want to be treated. And that fella says, don't tell me what not
0: to do, Andrew. Yeah. Tell me what to do. What must I do to become a, a happier human being?
1: I, as I said, mate, treat people how they you want them to treat you. Yeah. And it will get returned 90% of the time. Wow. Wow. Male or female or Yeah. All the in-betweens and all that now. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it funny that… Don't judge other people. Ah. Don't judge. Seek to
0: accept. Seek to connect. Yeah. Then you don't judge.
1: Yeah. The thing is, like, if you judge other people, like I said, treat other people how you want to be treated, if you judge someone, they're going to judge you. Yeah. What goes around comes around.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Buddy, um, what's ahead for you? What's ahead for you?
0: Three years from now, you know, what, what is what? What's Andrew want uh, out of life going forward? Now, I'd, I'd love some hair back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you got Buckley's. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, if in if in three years' time I'm in the same zone I'm in now, yeah. I'm going to be happy. Yeah, or happier. Oh. Or- or happy. If I get any happier, people think I'm on drugs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mate, well, I personally think you're on a happy drug, mate. And the interesting thing is, is that when I go to the Emporium, mate, it is just such a joy to walk into that terrific location um, overlooking Brisbane, but to be greeted in the way that you greet me, mate, the arm around me, you got your hand on both shoulders, you got a big bloody smile um, written all over your face. It'll be even better now after the <laughs> uh, after the podcast, mate. It just makes me feel as if I belong. I belong to the Emporium
1: because you you give me permission to be Bernie, right? I go back to say treat other people how you want to be treated. Do you want to come to the Emporium thinking there's some strange talking death twat yeah. staring at you, frowning at you? You're welcome there. Yeah. You come out to enjoy yourself. You yeah. want to feel safe. You want to be happy. Yeah. Come to the well. You should. Have, you should expect that wherever you go. Yeah,
0: absolutely, mate. It's yeah. not a, that. That really is the message. Right? Yeah. Why? Why wouldn't you want to bring that to? Whatever your work is, why wouldn't you want
1: to bring that to your life? Because uh, it's so much easier being happy and not stressing about all your downfalls. If something doesn't work, fair one. Do something else or try a different approach to it. Well, buddy, congratulations
0: on your journey. I really mean that because... That is a sudden turnaround what happened yeah, twenty four years a knock. ago, mate. Yeah. But the way that you've moved on into a space of acceptance and therefore allowed yourself to embrace the joy of life, mate, is just a uh, a remarkable and beautiful thing for our listeners and me this afternoon to understand. So Andrew DeAngelis. Triple A because it's actually Andrew Alexander DeAngelis. I thought it might have been Alcoholics Anonymous. It's not. (laughs) It's actually Triple A, which is the Australian Automobile Association,
1: (laughs) which is not you. Don't forget the D. There's a D in there somewhere, mate. (laughs) Ada. (laughs)
0: But it's not the Australian Automobile Association. It's Andrew Alexander DeAngelis. Mate, thank you ever so much for your time this afternoon. And, buddy, you have been part of an episode of A Journey with Bernie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mate, uh, uh, seriously, I was shocked you wanted me to do this. So thank you for uh, giving me the big thumbs up, mate. It's uh, been a pleasure and I do hope. People listen to me. Treat others how you expect to be treated. Well, well, mate, you get the the invitation because you deserve it.
0: (laughs) It's as simple as that. You're a legend, mate. Cheers, pal. You take care, eh? Cheers, mate. Bye. Dear people, I know this is a further addition to the podcast, but Andrew DeAngelis has just looked me in the eyes and he's virtually begging. And he wants to thank all the good people in his life that have played such a a wonderful role in making him the human being that he is. Andrew, over to you, pal.
1: I've only mentioned a few names and I don't want anyone to think that they've not been part of my journey and I just want to thank everybody that I know. Forces, civilian life, school, everybody. Knows that I'm there for them, mate, and what I do for them. Thank you, all of you. That's why we had Andrew DeAngelis on. Well, the good
0: people, what did you think of that episode? I don't know about you, but I just loved it. I just love hearing of people's journeys and their stories that allow us to be able to identify what strategies and actions, routines, disciplines, ways of seeing self in the world that we can consider so that you and I, through their story, can become a more loving human being. Now, glued to this particular episode, of course, is Chipster Lachlan Huddy. And our editor and producer is now going to deliver Chip's take-home pay, a four-minute summary of the actions and the strategies that you and I might consider in order to become
2: that more loving human being. Hey, over to you, Chipster. Hello again, my dear friends and neighbors. It's Chip Huddy here, and it's my singular pleasure to be back and to welcome you back to Chip's take-home pay. I've got three take-homes from today's episode, and I know your time's important, so let's get stuck straight in. First thing that struck me was when Andrew spoke about accepting his new circumstances after the attack. Bernie asked him, what changed quickly as soon as you accepted that you are deaf? And Andrew's reply, nothing changed quickly. Simple answer, big idea, because we're primed as individuals and as a society to fixate on efficiency, focus on the quick fixes, the overnight wins, the instant turnarounds. And I don't mean to decry those things. They're glorious and inspiring in their own ways. But our tunnel vision around them comes at the expense of the supreme and necessary value of patience. Great things take time to build. Deep wounds take time to heal. It's paramount sometimes to give yourself the time to do what must be done. And sometimes that's a long time. And that's okay. Now, does that mean we allow ourselves so much time that we never make any meaningful headway? Of course not. Giving yourself space doesn't mean letting yourself off the hook. There's still a job to be done. And to shamelessly bastardize a phrase from my favorite philosopher, take as long as you need and work like there's no tomorrow. Second thing that struck me, how Andrew defined love. Now, I have a feeling this is going to become a bit of a theme with the take-home pay, because love is the backbone of this show. Now, when Bernie asked Andrew, what is love? Andrew replied, it's how you treat other people. Again, sounds simple, but doesn't it call back beautifully to our last episode, episode 44 with Thomas Nyawir? Thomas defined love as a feeling of connectedness, of wanting to experience a piece of someone else, of being there for other people. Now, these are all things that are completely under our control, that we can express through our own actions, and that all 100% falls under the umbrella of how we treat other people. Love isn't something that we have to wait for or should wait for from others. It's something that we can generate and proliferate and distribute ourselves through our conscious actions. We're in control. Now, that's threatening to become a wee bit nebulous for my liking, so let's bring it back down to earth. What are some ways in which we can do this? Well, I'm going to put you on to someone far smarter than me, or even smarter than Bernie, if you can believe it. I highly recommend Dr. Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages. Reason being, we all give and receive love in different ways acts of service, receiving gifts, physical contact, etc. And that book helps you identify your love languages and other people's. Okay, so it gives you the tools to act lovingly towards others in ways that truly speak to them as an individual, which is powerful stuff. Okay, so here's a really prosaic but period appropriate example of how this works. One of my stunning gorgeous wife's love languages is receiving acts of service. So I look after all of the tax time paperwork in our household because that's always been a source of stress for her and she hates it. Okay. So this removes a huge burden of stress from her life. It gives me purpose beyond the mundane and she loves me for it. Win, win, win. Third and final thing that struck me about today's episode. When Bernie asked, for Andrew's top piece of advice on how to become a happier person. Andrew's phenomenal response: don't be a twat. <laughs> now look, now that might be a bit uh vague to be strictly useful, but my God, it'd look good on a t-shirt, wouldn't it? And it's worth keeping in mind, I think, as we leave the podcast and head out into the big wide world. I'll try, you try, let's all try to not be twats together. Uh, That's all for now, friends and neighbours. I do hope you found some pay worth taking home. Auf Wiedersehen. Ah, that
0: was gold, dear people. That was Lockland Huddy and Chips Take Home Pay. Simple strategies, aren't they? Just humble suggestions taken specifically from this episode. And you know and I know that if we implement them into our lives, it's just going to help us to be happier, a more beautiful human being and a more loving one at that. And who doesn't want that happening in their lives? Oh, dear people, I do hope this episode of A Journey with Bernie had a positive impact upon you. I can't wait to deliver the next one. Hey, it's just around the corner. Please enjoy this journey of life. Embrace this journey. And in the meantime, dear people, just remember this.